You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Al, hit it. Hey, Saturday morning, and guess what? It's Dave's Corner Garage, and we really have a great lineup for this morning. Mark Sillerman's going to join us. He's with East, uh, sorry, Young Steels, Ford, and Lincoln. I always make that mistake. But that was uh, his old job. He's got a new one now. Yeah, which was uh, East Court Ford. It used to be down exactly. there. Well, same company. The same conglomerate, exactly. Yeah, it's the same company. Mark's going to talk about the changes in the service business uh, because of COVID-19 and the fact that they're not being able to get replacement parts as easy as they're supposed to. So Ooh. that's an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Schlue's going to talk about the uh, hurricanes in the U.S. and the fact that the people have been buying his product to keep their houses working. So we all know Jonathan because of the car generators that he supplies. Yep. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, next up will be Brian Max, uh, race car driver, car tester, YouTube star, nice guy. Can't ride a bicycle for with, with the help of because <laughs> <laughs> he broke his arm. You know, imagine you're a race car driver and a tester, and you fall off your bicycle. That's going to be pretty serious. Well, Anyways. that's how it happens. You know, when you fall down in the house, it's always on a sock, or you kick your foot into a you know leg of a piece of furniture. You I go, know. I don't know. I'm a professional dancer. How could this happen? You know. <laughs> there you go. So he's talking about the uh, latest version of the Honda Type R. It's a little car with 300 horsepower, and wow. it looks like it's a ticket waiting to happen. Exactly. And then our friend Norris McDonald uh, from the Toronto Star, he was the uh, uh, editor of the, of the wheel section for many, many, many years. We're going to talk about racing and the effects of racing because it's back, but there are no fans in the stands. I mean, they're running around the racetracks, and they're basically just selling it to television. But there's nobody in the stands. Stands are empty. There's no money coming in. And where is racing going uh, next year when they have all these problems this year? So that's going to be a great conversation. Exactly. All righty. That and, of course, uh, your questions. If there's any emails, by all means, we tell people to send them in. You, uh, I'm sure you know by now that we are live, but from our own locations rather than in the studio. But uh, that should be changing in the next little while. Um, Speaking of changing, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back with uh, Mark Silverman of Young Steel's Ford right after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. So we have Mark Silverman with us. Mark is the service manager, I guess, uh, for Young Steel's Ford and Lincoln. Used to be the service manager for East Coast Ford. That's how much I know him. Uh, Mark, how are you? Not bad, guys. How about yourself? Good. So where are you in the drive and getting food? Is that what it is? Well, yeah, I kind of stuck out to get a little lunch today. I don't usually do that. But... <laughs> Your wife told me that you were trying to eat healthier. I, I don't know. Did you no, get I don't know. Healthier by you is a small, a small order of fries rather than a larger. Is that it? <laughs> I've heard McDonald's has healthy food, and I'm checking it out. I don't want to make sure. <laughs> Mark, you know, the COVID has affected all of us, of course, you know, whether you're the, you know, a retailer or you're the customer. Um, but you've had issues yourself in the shop, and, and part of that is, what, locating parts? Is that it? Uh, correct. And what's happening, guys, is the it's not just us, Ford. It's, it's everybody around the, the globe. The manufacturers have been uh, sporadically opening and closing, so the parts supplies uh, naturally ran out real real quick. 
And uh, our biggest and our largest frustration level is now customers are coming in with very repairable automobiles, and we, we just can't source the parts. Well, so what do you what do you do? I mean, if it's a case of where the vehicle well, is can't be driven. Well, you know what? It depends. I mean, it depends on the circumstance and depends on what the manufacturer is prepared to do. But there are uh, there's alternate transportation. There's rental vehicles available in some cases, not all. Um, but there's you know what? I mean, you have to do what you can. But I will tell you that um, I believe now that people are becoming a little bit more tolerant of the of the problems that COVID has has put forth. So they're understanding that it's not just us. It's not just Ford. It's not Young Steel's Ford. It's the, the gamut. It's the entire gamut. They're, they're, the workers are not producing parts. No, of course. But but at the same time, you know, if you're still depending on a vehicle, uh, a customer can understand it may take an extra couple of days. But you were saying that it can be weeks to, to locate a part. Now, if someone's under warranty uh, for that repair and you can't fix it, um, is, will the manufacturer pick up the rental? No, unfortunately not. They've got um, very, again, they're, they're in the same boat we are. I mean, funds are, are, are restricted, obviously, and uh, they're trying to stay afloat. So uh, they've, they've got no programs that will allow us to rent customers' vehicles. It's basically all on our own. I mean, if I can somehow get a customer in and I know it's going to be a day, I don't mind spending the rental cost, but if there's long term, so right now our concerns are, um, are are being taken care of by the best customer service that we can offer. Other than that, there's really no um, there's no alternative. Mark, what happens if you have recalls when when they have a safety recall and the, well, and the vehicle has to be taken off the road? Again, it's uh, we're in the same position. No parts and uh, no uh, alternate transfer. Now certain safety recalls. Uh, we can, you can drive the vehicle, and uh, that's a, you know when you say a safety recall, if it's something that um, is just being done because of potential of, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the manufacturer is saying you know allow the customer to drive the car. We haven't had any incidents. It's, you know, it's just um, a testing procedure that said we should recall. So it's very difficult to determine, and we also have to make that judgment call ourselves based on customer service. I mean, at the end of the day. Uh, we still have to look after the customer. Uh, unfortunately, and as we were going to talk, the landscape has changed so much that we're not offering the customer very much customer service anymore. Maybe you can elaborate on that. What are you talking about? Well, you know, you used to come into the dealership and it was all nice and clean, which it is still. Uh, but there was multiple coffees available. There was waiting rooms. There was televisions, mm-hmm. magazines. Uh, unfortunately, um, all that's gone away. We're not allowed to really have open coffee cups and um, our waiting room is only conducive for four people. So which four people do you say can come in and can't? So we now have seating outside in the open area. We unfortunately have just basic coffee needs just to, to facilitate if somebody needs a coffee. So it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of disappointing that, you know, all the pizzazz that we put into this into, uh, into our business has kind of gone away. What, no sushi? I'm not coming back there again. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'd love to give it to you. And, you know, and, and the customers, and there's a certain percentage of customers that believe it's us. Oh, mm-hmm. Jeep, I wanna, and that's not the case. Believe me, we're, 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 we'd love to take care of people. And we are in a customer service business. As you know, the automotive business is like the hospitality business. We are, we're there to serve customers and their needs. So, take some of that away we look uh, we look bad but 
it's global. It's not there just you go. You know, it's it's interesting that you know this, the sales department is probably hurting because they walk into the waiting area and try and sell the guy a car while he's getting it fixed. Right. So that part of the business is gone too. For sure. Plus, what happens is when the customer comes in and I cannot resource the part for him, right away he runs to the salesman. The salesman comes over. What's wrong with you? Well, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a like a snowball effect because you got to realize. It's not us not wanting to put the part on the car, and it's not the manufacturer not wanting to supply me with the part. It's the manufacturing process that has been so up, uprooted and so uh, disheveled that, you know, we're getting a piece here, a piece there, a piece here. Keep in mind, a lot of vehicles are manufactured with the same component. All right, Mark, <laughs> let's, let's brighten things up. There's some new cars on the horizon. Have you seen the new Bronco? Have you seen the new Mustang e-car yet? I've seen uh, seen the Bronco. And did it impress you? Out of sight. You, you can wait to blow the system away. It's everybody that's going to be able to afford one is going to drive one. So how many do you get? Do you, like, you know, usually when stuff like that comes out, you get five cars, ten cars. Yeah, we get, uh, I think we get seven of them. Uh, but keep in mind, we're the big three. We're the largest three, four dealers in Canada. So we're going to probably have about 25 of them around. And I bet you they're all sold. Um, you know what, Dave, I haven't been in the showroom. I, I would imagine there's deposits on most of them, but yeah, I don't know for sure. Interesting but, Mark, I, I recall, Mark, you used to have uh, your own big V8 Mustang convertible that you drove. Does, yeah, does do you think the that. new one is going to be exciting like that? I think so. I think it's got a different market. I think it's got a little different uh, uh, clientele. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep in mind, the Mustang was always the muscle car, the Ford muscle car. Yeah, right. well, now it's becoming a uh, pretty uh, sophisticated electric car, and I mean, there's some changes in it. Uh, I think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna hurt the the muscle aspect, but I think it's gonna change w- w- what type of people buy it. Well, of course, but at the same time, I mean, if you're looking for horsepower, you know, uh, an electric electric motor provides way more torque than a gas one. <laughs> yes, it does. That's the difference between gas and electric. Uh, electric, you're at speed right away. Gas, you have to get the speed. Um, we have an electric uh, escape, and I think about five years ago, I held the record at the at the uh, drag strip because I drove it down the strip to see how fast I could go. Mm-hmm. There was no there was nobody beside me, but I'm the only guy that went down the strip with a, a, an electric uh, escape. It was kind of fun. Interesting. And now so he holds the record. Like like you, Dave, it's yeah, the minutes. one-off, you know? Dave, <laughs> Dave, Dave has a, uh, a smarty car that he races, you know? I, yeah, I, I, hold the track, I hold the track record. Well, you're the only person who ever drove one of those things. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, we have another problem is that the unions are now starting negotiations with the big three. So that may be another issue of not getting that, that, That's coming. I didn't want to bring that up, but that is coming. Yeah. And you know what? I think the unions are smart enough at this point to understand yeah. Uh, the world has changed and rules have changed. And for us, like we're not union in the dealerships, but uh, at the factory level, um, I think it's going to, I don't know that it's going to be too much of a concern at this point. Fascinating. And uh, they announced that the last Ford Fusion came off the line yesterday and uh, started started production of the new uh, Bronco. Yes, the new Bronco is going to be an amazing guy. You know what? Dave, why don't you, uh, when it comes, come up and take one and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, do your media thing that you usually do. Yeah, we'll do a video and, on it. And drive it. I think you're going to be impressed. The only danger is you might want to buy one. That's my problem. Too many cars. 
<laughs> I know You're going to have to buy a bigger house, Dave, just to have a bigger No, I just need a bigger driveway. <laughs> I love it. Mark, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, stay safe out there. And uh, the automotive business is going to continue. We're just going to be a little bit different. And I hope that the motoring public can accept that. Love it. Young Steel's Ford Lincoln. That's where you got to go to check out. All right. Right after the break, we're going to have Dave with some emails. We're going to discuss the state of the automotive industry. And uh, let's see if he can stump me with a question or two. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back, and uh, you know what? We do get a lot of emails, and I really appreciate it. Davescornergarage.com is where you should be going. Uh, there's a spot there where you can send us a note. If we don't answer you directly, uh, we'll mention it on the program. So mm-hmm. here we go. Uh, this is one from a fellow who says, Personally, I have driven over 40 years manual transmission cars, but I've been growing tired of it, especially with the traffic in the big smoke. So mm-hmm. the question is, what's your opinion on modern automatic versus a manual? Well, for personally, I mean, I, I, I was from the old school myself. And, you know, growing up, all I could afford was, you know, little puddle jumpers. And they were always stick shift, right? They were always Volkswagens. Well, they were mostly. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, and so I, I liked driving them. And then a couple of years later, you know, I, I wanted a convertible Rabbit, as a matter of fact. That, that yeah. I thought that was a sexy car. I thought that was uh, a girl's car. I'm not. I don't have a problem with my manlyhood, Dave. I don't know about you, but (laughs) I I have no issue with that. Um, White white cabriolet with a girl blonde behind the wheel. All right, you're going to get us in trouble. Let's get. Let's carry on here. Um, So, as it happened, the car that came up for a trade was an automatic, and I said, "You know what? Oh my god!" But I thought, you know, I'll just buy it because I like the car, anyways. And and I did, and I very quickly got used to not using my left foot. So it was really no problem. Yeah. You know, in the old days, certainly automatic cars were, were more money. That's why people opted for uh, the standard shift. Mm-hmm. And um, and they affected, and your car's performance was a lot, it seemed a lot quicker anyways, you know, with the uh, with this gear shift. Yeah, you, you would get better gas mileage with a, with a manual. Well, except that all of that has changed, my friend. Yeah. Um, as it happens now, first of all, there's not a lot of options in terms of cars available with gear shift. Uh, the transmissions now, don't forget in the old days, your automatic transmission was only two or three gears and it didn't do well in terms of performance or gas mileage. Yes. But now you, the average transmission now, automatic transmission is six, seven, eight, nine speeds. Um, they've done a great job finally figuring it all out. It's, they're reliable. Uh, because you have all those different gears in there, you can take advantage of the engine's torque, you know, space uh, uh, much better. So you can always have lots of power at hand, and they get good gas mileage. So I have no problem getting a modern automatic. Okay, so I'm going to twist this a bit. What do you? What's your opinion about the cars that shut off at the lights? It, to me, it bothers me. Um, the nice thing is, is that some of them, there's an option that you can shut that yes, function can. off. Uh, but others, there is not. Um, I, you know, I've driven, a, they, they do it different ways. I've driven a couple different cars and, and some of them do it by, it shuts off when it sits you sitting at the light with your foot on the brake. So the second you take your foot off the brake, the engine restarts. So what I found is you can get used to that because with the other style, it, it's waiting for you to step on the gas pedal before it starts the motor. So there's this lag that happens. And, uh, when I've, 
tried the first kind with the brake pedal, I've been able to realize that, okay, light's going to change. So a second or so before it changes, I'll take my foot off the brake and mm-hmm. I can get it to go. They say in the end, it does say fuel economy. It's a little bit better for the environment. Um, I, I haven't really seen a problem in terms of, for example, you know, cars going through batteries quicker or starters wearing out faster because obviously, you know, you're using that starter a million times a day rather than the yeah. four or five. So we'll have to wait and see. So yeah, I'm thinking in in ten years from now, the, a lot of flywheel work, a lot of starter work, Bendixes, all that stuff's all worn out. Dave, you'll be worn out. We, you won't have to worry about this at that point. I won't have to worry. You'll be long retired with me as well. Okay, as changing technology is, uh, the next email covers that. It says, I recently purchased tires from a local big box store. Mm-hmm. They offered to install them and charged me for nitrogen. Mm-hmm. Can you enlighten me on the use of nitrogen versus air? I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, nitrogen is... As far as I'm, is it better? I guess it is. Is is it worth five or ten dollars per tire or more? Yeah. I, I don't know. That that's my question. Um, and of course, if you if if it starts, if you get a leak and you got to stop somewhere to put some in, you can't get nitrogen. You put air in. Well, then you've diluted it anyways. Right. Um, so you know th- there are certain things. If you, if you believe the manufacturers of these nitrogen machines, they tell you that it's it, it's cleaner, it's drier. You don't get the corrosion inside the wheel so that's exactly right mag yeah, wheels won't stop. so you know it, it may in fact be better but uh i i, I haven't looked for it myself. i didn't I, know I, that i don't really care they use it apparently in the aircraft industry airplane tires have nitrogen in them uh racing cars use it be, because it's apparently more stable than air so exactly words, it, it, won't it doesn't as change the pressure doesn't change as much as, as yeah. it does via temperature which is why like you mentioned they use it on airplanes because an airplane tire can run anywhere from, uh, you know, 100 degrees Fahrenheit, let's say, when it's sitting on the runway. But when you go up to 15,000 feet in the sky, you drop significantly. You're, uh, you know, I don't even what the temperature up there. It's got to be below. Right. So, you know, you can't have a tire that's going to change pressures that quickly. And don't forget, when the plane comes down to land, the temperature of the tire doesn't rise as quickly either no, until exactly. it's actually on the ground. So you know that's what I why it's been used. I noticed that we, with like I have newer cars now. I never put any air in. The tire pressures are always constant. They haven't they haven't lost air like they used to. Used to every month I have to check the tire pressures. I haven't checked them in the longest time, and and they're fine. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, when the wheel rim is new and you haven't messed with it, that yeah. seal is pretty good. We'll have to ask our our pal from Salem next time to find out if uh, if they've done anything to make that happen. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. We should keep in mind on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, last name, last question we have for you is, this is a weird one. I drive an older car. It's a 1995 Ford Victoria, Crown Victoria. Remember those cars? Wow. Police car. Exactly. Well, this is a Crown. This, this, this is a fancy police car. This one could be a taxi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I service the vehicle since new. The car's in pristine condition. My fear is when I'm involved in a collision or that the vehicle is stolen, I won't receive the value of the car from the insurance company. What are my options? Um, there really isn't any. Unfortunately, you're at the mercy of the insurance company. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't even necessarily have to have, happen on an old, old car. Um, let's say you've got a five or six-year-old car and it gets involved in a big collision. 
the insurance company, as much as they want you to feel that they're working for you, they're really working for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to they have to generate a profit at the end of the year, and they are going to present you with an offer. And keep in mind, it's an offer. A lot of people don't realize that. They think that that amount that they're going to give you is set in stone, and and the fact is that it's not. All right. So in a lot of cases, you are able to uh, go back to the insurance company and say, you know what, I took good care of my car. Maybe it's got low mileage. You can look at the car yourself, the parts that aren't dinged up. And I, I think, or and the other thing you can do is provide them with receipts. So in this case, with the fellow with the Crown Victoria, if he's got bills that are showing, he just spent two grand to get some body work done. He yes. just put four. He put on. He spent a thousand dollars. Put four good tires on it. Things like that. That would back up your case, and that's how you could get more money. And the other thing you may want to do as well is take pictures of the car so he can show it to him before that all happens. Or an appraisal. You know, one of the things that, that that's available, which we didn't talk about, was you could pre-negotiate a price with the insurance company, too. Remember we used to have Lant Insurance, which is what, Wayfair now? That's um, right. Yeah, with an older car, with cars. a classic car. Yeah. yeah you, you can insure it for more than what they think it's worth. No problem. Especially if, if you've got records and it's pristine. So if you've got something like that, then I think it's called um, um, a negotiated settlement. Mm-hmm. In other words, if we write my car off, I'm going, you're going to be fifteen grand when right. when it should be worth fifteen hundred. Right, 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 right. So it's, it's a if you know it's it takes I guess it pays to educate yourself before instead of after. Well, exactly. It's always easier to, you know, find out beforehand rather than to try to fight with these people afterwards. Interesting. You know, yeah. So if you've got an email question, uh, just Dave's Corner Garage, like I said, there's a spot there. You can just click on it, put your questions in. And if we don't answer it directly, we'll do it right here. So we'll be right back. When we come back, Jonathan Schlu is going to join us. And he's with Car Generator. And uh, he's got some interesting stories to tell us about the U.S. and the recent hurricane. I can't pronounce the name. Isis or something? What's the name of that at least most recent one? I don't know, uh, but you better hold on to your hat. That's for sure. <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Joining us now is Jonathan, and we all know Jonathan Schlue because of Car Generator. Jonathan, big hurricane in the U.S., all the way from Florida to right up to New York City. Yes, indeed. We got a lot of calls last week. Uh, they had a lot of power outages and a lot of desperate people from Hurricane Isaiah, or I- Isaiah, I think it was. I think that's how you pronounce it. I've given up. <laughs> Yeah, it was a big, uh, costly Category 1 hurricane. So do you find that business picks up when there's emergencies like that? Like, all of a sudden, people realize they're in trouble? It's crazy. We got so many calls, and I would say that one of the key questions that people ask is, where can I go and get this thing right now? And that's that's one of the challenges is, you know, you need to have it ahead of time, not last minute. And the other big thing is that people, we had lots of people, the number one problem that people needed help or backup for was for their fridge. So if you stop and think about your fridge and freezer right now, and you think about the cost to replace all that food, all these people, they lost power for four to five days. And some are still without power right now. It's crazy. All that food goes rotten. You got to throw it out. It's, it's so simple. Right. And even the stores themselves aren't even open necessarily because, you know, they've got no power either. Exactly. And the, the crazy thing is that most of these people actually had a car set, which is 75% of a generator sitting right there in their driveway. They had a car that could have easily provided 50 to 70 hours or more of backup power, keep their fridge running, keep their 
freezers running, you know, let them watch TV, all these kinds of things. So um, absolutely. I mean, that's the beauty of the car generator is that you don't have to do any maintenance. You don't have to worry about it starting when you actually need it. So in other words, it could sit in your trunk or in your basement for a year at a time. And, and you can be a re, you can be assured that the minute you need it, you know, you take it out of the basement, you take it out of your trunk, you hook it up to your car, it's going to work. Okay. Which is unlike, of course, a portable generator, which if you don't maintain it, it's not going to go when you need it. <laughs> That's exactly right. And sort of maybe just to reiterate some people that may have not heard yet, car generator, what it is, it's a small device about the size of a backpack. It weighs around 11 pounds. And when you need power, you simply attach it to your car, start your engine. It's very safe, very easy, very quiet, and very uh, eco-friendly. And so you just start your engine, and you have up to a 1,000 watts of power, and that can easily power your home furnace or your fridge, um, watch TV, things like that. And one of the things I always like to encourage people to do is, as an exercise, you know, we're all sitting here, and we're cozy, and the lights are on, and everything's running, but... You know, go to your basement and pull the main power switch. Everything goes black. And you think about it, it's really a great way to think about what you miss right away. And you think about your fridge and your freezer, the food going bad. You know, it's really simple. Instead of that, you just go up and start your car and you've got power. So, one of the key things, because we found that people were trying to find where they could buy this, and we know that fall power outages and winter outages are, are coming to be very quickly. So, we're introducing a brand new program. It's a 180-day money-back guarantee. That's six months. So you can buy car generator. You can have it ready. We want to make sure that you love it and that you use it. And so you, it's very simple. I mean, that takes you at this point to the middle of winter. So it's a very good, simple way to get a car generator and have it and know that you have it ready instead of trying to rush out to a store. And And I should say, to avoid the hassles of waiting in line to fill your portable gas cans and things like that too. So, um, yeah, now John, so you'd, way- you'd mentioned, you'd mentioned, of course, ordering them online ahead of time. Um, but what if somebody wants to physically see it? Do you have any retail outlets? We, we, you can, uh, if you arrange with us, you can drop by our, um, our office and you can see it there. We have some dealers. If you want to call us, we can tell you about that too. Um, okay. you can actually, at www.cargenerator.com, you can see it on the website, and you can actually um, you can call us at 800-750-4660. So we have a really cool, it's never been a better time to order because we have a great special. Right now, there's $100 off and $180 in bonus items, which is everything you need. It's a package that includes car generator a furnace plug, if you don't already have a plug for your furnace, a power meter, a three-year extended warranty, and free shipping, plus this bonus six-month money-back guarantee. Wow. So you can use it for your cottage. You can use it for your RV, for camping anywhere. And just it's the best, easiest, simplest, ultra-light and reliable backup power. You know what you, what's, what's nice about this product is you just put it in the trunk of your car and forget about it. You do. or even Nothing goes wrong with it. Or even just stick a nail in your garage or hang it on a hook in your garage or in your furnace yeah. room. Just, just near your furnace is a great place that people put it or in their garage. In your furnace. You know, you always see on the news when there's a storm coming, they're, they're, they're nailing up plywood on the walls and they're buying <laughs> water and they're doing all these different things. So in reality, all you have to do is make sure your car's got gas and you're, you're good to go. That's really all you need to do. And it works great with gas. 
diesel, pure electric, hybrid cars. Um, we actually survived a three and a half day winter ice storm and used the things we needed in our house with our trusty old Toyota Highlander. And it ran for three and a half days. And when the power came back on, it had used about to half a tank of gas. And that's the story I told on uh, Dragon's Den as well when I won the investment with two dragons and $100,000. It was kind of a, a good real world story of how we mm-hmm. used it ourselves. How long can a car idle? So a car can, a typical, and this is something that a lot of people is not really published, but a car can safely idle. There's no harm to the engine. There's no problem with uh, pulling power out. Um, we've been in market for about five years now and lots of happy customers coast to coast in Canada and the U.S. Um, and your car can actually, a typical gas car can idle for 50 to 70 hours wow. if you need to. Or if you don't want to do that, you can also just run it. Some of our customers just run it in the daytime, keep everything going, and then shut it off overnight. You can do that too. But um, it works really great. It's a very simple. And when you're done, just roll it up and put it away and forget about, you know, oil maintenance and gas can storage and all these kinds of things. It's just a really simple way to do it. All right, John, thanks for joining us again. What's your website? Yep, it's www.cargenerator.com, and our phone number is 800-750-4660. And uh, don't forget the weekend special. You can go ahead and order it and get all get $100 off and all the bonus stuff. It's a pretty cool kit and a six-month money-back guarantee. So you got nothing to lose. Car- Do you offer any free tips on how to get money out of the Dragon's Den people? You know what? I'll be happy to talk to you. If there's people that <laughs> if you think about going on Dragon's Den, I'd be happy to talk to you because other people help me. And I would very, very much like to help others that are you know, wanting to do that as well. I'd be very happy to help. You should explain you know how many people try to get on Dragon's Den and how many actually You know what? Do. It's 4,000 people, around 4,000 people pitch and apply and around 160 people um, then pitch in front of the Dragons in the studio, in the, in the CBC studio. And around 70 to 80 people actually get on the air. And so I was very blessed and grateful to actually get on the air. And it went nationwide. And it's just been amazing since that time. We've just been selling these and making them. Okay, it's cargenerator.ca as a website. All right, after the break, we're going to be talking to Brian Max. He's going to tell us all about his review on the 2020 Civic Type R for racing. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. I'll introduce him. I'll bring him in. Yep. And joining us now is uh, Brian Max. Brian Max is not just a car tester. He's a race car driver. He's actually a racing champion. He just did the uh, Nissan series a short while ago, right, Brian? Yeah, a little while ago. So, uh, yeah, I raced in the first race of the Nissan Micro Cup and thought it was a lot of fun. So put a program together, raced in that a couple of years. And, and I'm still the most famous driver in that series for having the craziest crash in a race ever on camera. So that's on YouTube? It, it is on YouTube. It's on my channel. Uh, so if you, if you search for Nissan Micro Crash, you'll, uh, you'll find it. It looks, like, it looks like a Hollywood film with all the cars spinning and crashing and rolling oh and all this stuff. And thankfully, everybody was okay. So you, we're, we're talking about the new uh, 2020 Civic Type R. This is the latest rendition of this vehicle, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's, and, and, you know, I've done a lot of racing in Honda Civics. So I, I love the Civic and um, they introduced the car for 2017, which was an all new thing. It's the first uh, Civic Type R we could get in North America. Previous to that, we had the Integra Type R, which right, is the yeah. same sort of thing. But um, 2020, 
has a whole bunch of changes here in Canada. We get different colors and, and that sort of thing. Uh, they don't add power, but it's more about refining the, the driving experience. So I, I think the car is, is, I mean, you guys have seen it. I don't think mm-hmm. it is the prettiest. Uh, well, it looks kind of weird, there. all the fins and everything. Yeah. And so it's got vortex generators on the roof. It's got the big wing that sits really high in the back. Yeah. And it probably works at, you know, 200 kilometers an hour, but on, you know, for a road car, it's kind of not necessary. I all think right, so here's, here's my question. You got yeah. that big silly wing on the back, Brian. What yep. does, does, can you see out the back window with that wing sitting there? Uh, in fact, you can't even see the wing. They've done such a great job designing it. The wing is not in the view at all. Really? Yeah. So yeah. it's oh, got about 300 horsepower. Yeah, 306 horsepower, and it makes all that power at, at 6,500 RPM. They're really oh. in 7,000. So mm-hmm. like uh, a traditional Honda naturally aspirated motor, it makes power at the top, but it is a turbo. So it makes 295 pound-speed of torque from 2,500 to 4,500 RPM. So in normal day-to-day driving, it's really, really torquey. And for a little Honda Civic, you kind of don't really need to downshift very much because it's got torque as soon as you, you get into the throttle. So, you know, for me, I was just driving around in sixth gear on the freeway, never had to downshift. It, you know, there's more than enough torque there yet. What's it weigh? Uh, it's, it's a little over 3,100 pounds. I mean, no cars are, are lightweight, and the competitors are, are roughly the same as well. They all make the same kind of horsepower, and, and they all weigh roughly the same. So the the, the little Hyundai Veloster is, is similar in that regard, but it's actually a smaller car. It's a little it's like one size down. I think uh, I know why they named it the Type R. Why is that, Al? Because you are going to get stopped by the police when you drive this thing, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Of course. I mean, it, and, and it, it really is. I mean, I hope you like this. I, I think the wing is pretty obnoxious looking myself. Um, but I guess if you're a racing type of guy, it sticks out. Like, you can't hide in that car, right? No. And, uh, you know, uh, my my review goes on my YouTube channel uh, today. It's already It's already out. And what I talk about in there is, is how you should spec your, how you should order your Type R. And my opinion is that you should order it in black so it's the least offensive looking color. Right. Otherwise, you're sticking out like a sore thumb. And you know oh, what yeah. the other issue with a car like that is they get stolen. Yeah. Oh, you and, know, and the parts, I mean, the parts are so valuable. And then, and this has been going on for, for years, the wheels, the tires, the brakes, the interior is all really valuable. So you got kind of got to keep it under lock and key. I love it. I love it. And I, I, speaking of the interior, I got to talk about the seats. The seats are these very, very deep buckets. They're almost like a, a racing bucket. And I think day to day, it's kind of, it's kind of um, difficult getting in and out all the time because you're just you're dropping into these buckets, and there's lots of big bolsters. And sure, they work great in the corners, and and they're comfortable. But it's you know th- this is one of the, those cars where you've got to live with all the compromises if you if you really want to enjoy so you're it. saying it's not really a car that you would live with every day it's more of a weekend car you you could live with it every day because it does ride comfortably but there are so many compromises like like the seats and 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 then it's got an extra splitter on the front so you got to be careful around curbs 20 inch wheels so the the the, the sidewall is very very short so you, you don't have a lot of rim protection there so you, if you live with it on a daily basis you got to be very careful with what's it. the price point in a car like this uh it's it's about forty four thousand dollars canadian wow 
And uh, the only option is paint, your your paint choice. So my tester was called, uh, the paint was called Boost Blue, and it's mm-hmm. a bright blue. It's almost like a Smurf blue, uh, but I'm sure they don't they don't like calling it that. And that's uh, $500 over the base price of the car. And, and that's the only, the only way you can, uh, you can order yours, just different color. And they all come the same way. Brian Max, you can see this review and more up on YouTube. Is that right? Yeah, on my YouTube. Uh, it's Brian with an I, M-A-K-S-E. And uh, the video is on YouTube. And I'm, uh, I'm really happy with that one. So if you do watch it, I hope you enjoy. And there's more. you got tons of, 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 of testing. Like, I see some of the cars you tested. Yeah, wow. there's probably about 400 uh, reviews on the channel, everything from Hondas to Lamborghinis. Yes, it's a great channel. We enjoy it. Always a pleasure having you on board, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Brian. All right. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be back with Norris McDonald right after this break. All righty, we're back. And uh, Al, i got a couple of things I was going to talk to you about. Sure. One of them is recalls. Mm-hmm. First off, Honda's got a recall on the Odysseys uh, yes. and the passports um, for the sliding door. Replacement. Yes, and, and and the cables break for the sliding door mechanism. Exactly right. So tell me, a guy comes in for service with you, a car, and he's he's got one of these. Would you take it to the dealer for him? No. Um, <laughs> Why no, not? But I would. Ser- <laughs> I got. I, I'm busy. I got. Cars that I'm going to make money on. I'm going to go get in line at the dealership and spend the afternoon there. Uh, if I was retired like yourself, perhaps, yeah, then, then, you know, tell you what, next time I get one of those, I'm going to phone you. Say, Dave, no problem. A car here. Good um, luck trying to get through with my wife on the phone. <laughs> no, <laughs> but certainly, you know, if we do run into something that we know, because we service new cars, um, yeah. when we run into an issue that we know will be covered or should be covered by warranty, we will certainly stop and at that point call a customer um, or just not do it and just explain to them. But uh, this is where you have to have a good relationship with your mechanic, you know, somebody you trust all the time. Um, it's the same way where people go to the dealership, especially with its, when the car is within their warranty period. Let's say the car is only two years old and all of a sudden you hear scraping when you apply the brakes. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that think that, well, it should be covered by warranty, but they don't realize that it, it's not. So they take the car in. They sign the blank work order. Next thing you know, they're in for $800,000 yep. break job. And they go, I thought it was covered. Well, it's not covered and you didn't ask. So that, that's where you have to, again, you know, you, you have a mechanic that you know and trust. You phone them up. Say, hey, listen, I got a relative new car. It's doing this or that. What do you suggest? Should I bring it to you to check first? Or should I just go to the dealer? And if so, what should I ask or tell them when I get there? Well, you know, we're dealing in a, in a different society now with COVID-19. They basically never see you. They drop the car off. Uh, there's no physical contact between you and the client. So isn't it your responsibility to be in touch with them and tell them, hey, you have an $1,800 brake job coming up? Well, nothing has changed from that regards. You I mean, you're yeah. never officially supposed to go ahead with any work like that without speaking to the customer. Right. Um, and and don't forget, we've been doing it by phone for so many years already. Uh, so now, and the beauty is because, you know, everybody walks around with a smartphone. It's so easy just to take a picture and send it to the customer and say, look, at, here's your here's your car. It's leaking something underneath. Or here's the nest that we found inside your That's heater right, box, yeah. you know, because of a car being parked for such a length of time. Or what I've done, too, because of COVID, you know, a vehicle sit for so long is I've taken pictures of people's brake rotors just to show them how badly rusted they are. And unfortunately, 
because they're only a year old, they still have to be changed now because they've been sitting for such a long period of time. They just destroyed themselves. Mm-hmm. So well, when do you spray the cars and clean them before you give them back? Like, um, you know, they, they want you to disinfect the cars? Absolutely. I mean, part of my, my ritual anyways was always to, you know, when the tech was finished, I would grab the work order, see what we did, and go and take the car for a test drive just to confirm that it was fixed properly. Everything that the customer has asked for has been addressed. So that hasn't changed. But what has changed is when I go out to that car, I have a can of antiseptic and wipes yes. that I go out with. All right. So I'm, I, I have my mask on. I go out to the car. I do the drive. And when I'm finished, I take out my wipes. I spray. I we All the surfaces inside the car that we could have possibly touched, we wipe down. We wipe down the steering wheel, of course, the horn button, the push button, the start button, uh, the seatbelt adjustment, um, all the shifter mechanism whether it's on the floor or on the column. And then lastly, of course, we do the driver's door. We do the inside door panel. We pull the, the we cut, we, we clean the door handle that you pull to open it, yeah. um, the lock button. So all those different things, we, we try to do our best. You know, it's, 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 it's my, my, I, I, my safe, my health, of course, but it's the customer's health as well. And we don't and want yet, to be responsible for spreading this disease. But you know, they're, now they're saying that it doesn't actually live that long on the surface. It's, it's more than the air. So, uh, well, again, you know what? We've been doing this now for six months. So it's, so, it's so routine. Yeah. And besides, remember, you used to have a shop, Dave. Remember, you get a phone call saying, I picked up my car and that guy's hands were so greasy. Yep. He looked, he left them all over the wheel in my floor. So, that gets addressed. So there you go. We got so bad at a time that we'd actually run them through car wash. Everyone. We had a deal with a local car wash. Uh, mm-hmm. On his road test, he would run the car through the car wash just before delivery. All right, Dave, we got to run. It's been, oh. uh, been fun. It's time is home. Okay. All right. We, have, we should thank Brian Max for joining us. Uh, mm-hmm. We missed Norris. We actually, his, his line was busy, so we didn't get him in. Um, we well, to Jonathan Slew from Car Generator, of course. Yep. And thank to Mark Silverman of Young Steel's Ford. If you're looking for a great deal on a Ford or Lincoln, call Mark and he'll hook you up because uh, they've got some, and they've got so many cars. They've got hundreds of cars in stock, eh? They actually do. They've got, that's closer to thousands. He's got three big dealerships. And by the way, so if you want to get in touch with us, go to daveskonagarage.com. There's a spot there where you can send us any notes, any email questions you have. And again, if we don't answer them right away, we will put it on air and uh, answer your question. Al, thank you so much. I want to say a special thank you to Joel for putting all this together. And we'll be back next week with another another edition of Dave's Corner Garage. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everybody. Who cares about the clouds and where to get? Sunny weather, happy trails to you, till we meet again, happy trails to you. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage, heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.